Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. Kevin Goatee, Gutting the Sacred Cow. Well, this tears it. I've come to the point now where the one film, eh, maybe there's a couple left, but this is one of the films I thought would never, ever, ever be attacked, but <laughs> Don Jameson has a nose for these kind of things. Don's back, and he wants to do Goodfellas. Yeah, this film I thought was beyond bulletproof, but Don loves going for these insanely sacred cows. Who did I get to help co-host? <laughs> Kevin Israel is my Mariano Rivera to sit in that co-host chair, and boy, oh boy, we sit here and figure out if Don is going to end up like Pesci. He's gone, and there's nothing we can do about it, but let's find out. Gather around is what I know. On the Underhills tab, Kevin Israel. Hey, buddy. I'm so excited because not only is, do I know the quote, but it's a movie I love. Oh, really? So I, I let's love, hear it. I love Fletch. <laughs> I, I rewatched it recently because Bill Schultz was up my ass about it. And boy, do I find it disappointing. I try oh, really. Yeah. I, it's just, uh, the jokes just, aren't I, there. I just rewatched it and I loved it. <laughs> did, did you watch the John Hamm threequel? Yes, that was terrible. I tapped out in about 1520. Who gives a shit? Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, and God damn, I love seeing this face. Don Jameson returning to the show for the umpteenth time. This is why Don comes back all the time. First of all, again, soft on the eyes. Hard on the penis, as I like to say. Secondly, meow. <laughs> just made that up. Don has a knack for finding films that are. He's never someone I have to go back and forth on with a film. It's like I don't know, not enough. People are going to give a shit. Don every time. Die Hard, Matrix, Leaving Las Vegas a little bit. He sat in co-host on um, The Sandlot with Mike Price. Don, this is the one film. This is the film. I said, no chance that this film will ever be breached on this podcast. We had Godfather about a month ago. I said, still, no chance that this film will ever be breached. Don has decided to go right to the summit of the mountain and say, you know what, fellas? Good fellas. Not that good. And I threw my hands in the air, snapped the pencil disgust, and said, see you in three weeks. Done. <laughs> well, listen, the, the, ahead, last, the last time I was on was with Dr. Drew, and I had to school him on One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So, right. I'm, you know, I may have bitten off a little more than I could chew this week, but, you know, we emailed. I said, give me a, just give me a week to think, really think if I can do this. Right. And, and then I just, I had an epiphany. I said, I can do this. I know I can do this. 
Um, I won't get into the whole thing right this second, but I, I just want to say at the top, I'm not trying to say this is a, a bad movie. I'm just going to let people know it's not as good as you think. You're going to have to pay attention. And when we get done here, you're going to leave a little sadder than when you logged in. Oof, especially I, I on Columbus. Love, yeah, especially I on Columbus Day with all you Italians out there. <laughs> this is going to rile some feathers. Like, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> good luck. Good fellas. 1990 uh, budget of 25 million bucks. Box office hall, 47 million was no. not is not an overarching success financially. 2023 money. $58.7 million budget, $110 million. Huh. Yeah. So, so Kev, Kev, this came out when we were freshmen I, in high school, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yep. 90. Yep. So I mean, I don't remember. Not that I, I, I don't think I, this would have been a movie I would have gone and seen anyway, but I don't remember anything s- significant about this movie coming out. I do. And here is why there are two. This came out and. Right after or before a film, I had circled on my calendar for months. They were playing at the same theater. I wanted to see them, more, the first one more so than this. I asked my parents who were anti-oriented films until I was 17. The first film, Steven Seagal's Out for Justice. I wanted yeah. to see that same <laughs> little, little different, little different movie. <laughs> Actually, not really. They're both Brooklyn accents. A lot of Italians. Ish, ish yes. A lot of, uh, hey, yo, Vinny, you know, yeah, that stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, that's a good point. Good Thank point. you. By the way, what if you old fellas, 30 years ago today, a little classic came out starring uh, Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes called Demolition Man. How old do oh, we feel wow. now? And when was that set? 2015, <laughs> was- I think, right? Or, yeah. or something like that? Yeah, it was a teens. Dude, I love that film. I saw it in the theater. Oh, it's so good. So good. Good fellas, quotes. We're gonna be here all goddamn night. So I cut myself to about a, only a scant seventeen. <laughs> Jesus, there's a lot back in in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, I cut it down. I have a I have a few off the beaten path and a, and a couple obvious, but I'll let you guys get a lot of the obvious, obvious ones out of there. Everyone has to take a beating sometimes. Love that line. No one says it, but it holds true. The obvious one. I'm gonna go get the papers. Get the papers. <laughs> Every, everyone, everyone drops that out. I tell you something, go fuck your mother. Uh, what are you doing here? I thought I told you to go fuck your mother. I mean, <laughs> Pesci being Pesci. You motherfucker, I almost had him, you stuttering prick Henry. Again, <laughs> ubiquitous. You can hear that at any bar at any time. 2R, Rossi, nothing but a whore. Janice Rossi, whore. It's <laughs> Janice. Hey, every time I see a buddy named Jimmy, am I? He's in the shower screaming. Business is bad. Fuck you, pay me. Had a fire. <laughs> Fuck you, pay me. The place got hit by lightning. Fuck you, pay me. And my all-time favorite quote from this film. And I got at least once every week or two. He's gone. And there's nothing we could do about it. What do you mean he's gone? He's gone. And that's it. <laughs> Kevin Israel, I left a lot of meat on the bone for you and Don yeah. Jameson. So when you boys fight over it, you you definitely fuck you, hit. Fuck you pay me is is <laughs> is a career in comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, Kevin Israel, doesn't that yeah, ring true for you? It, last it, that that cuts that's cut close cuts close to my heart. Still don't have that. Still don't have that money. By the way, uh, surprise. Um, what do you mean? I'm funny. Funny how? Yeah, yeah. Obviously. 
Uh, this one, this one, I always laugh at, but I, I don't think I ever think of it outside of the movie. The hoof, you know, the hoof. It's a sin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good shot. What do you want from me? Uh, this one, I, this one was great. This one, this one is a little uh, off the beaten path. He's so jealous. If he even catches me looking at someone, he'll kill me. That's great. <laughs> the eye roll. She sold that. Yeah. <laughs> I got nowhere else to go, Paulie. And that was mine. You, the rest of you. Oh, and, and obviously, Karen. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to. No, go get your fucking shine box. <laughs> oh, shine box, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And of course, I, uh, the other one. What am I, the pain of mindless spider? Give me a cutting water. The whole scene. You can just quote. <laughs> Don Jameson, I know you've got plenty queued up. Let's hear him. I, well, it's for me, it's more the omission of something that's more glaring than the quotes because everybody knows these quotes from Goodfellas. Cause like you said, you hear them in bars, you hear them talking to other comedians, you hear them talking to friends. But to have Samuel L. Jackson in a movie <laughs> and him not utter the word motherfucker one time is a, that the film's already disqualified right there. He hadn't gotten to that point yet. He wasn't the king of fuck. Uh, that's was. like that's like seeing an Ernest P. Worrell film and not seeing him go, oh, it's exactly like that. Ernest. When I think of two parallel acting careers, I think of Ernest Worrell and Samuel L. Jackson. Basically the same guy. Yeah. Rewatching, rewatching Animal House. By the way, the Dean Warmer from Animal House is also the bad guy in Ernest Goes to Camp. There's a little fun fact. <laughs> Speaking of fun facts, five fun mm. facts. The real life Henry Hill's crime resume is way too long to fit in a single movie, even with a meaty Sounds a little gay, but meaty one hour, 148 minute runtime. In fact, I wrote this in my notes too, because after watching this a million times, I just shot up. I listened to Stern for years. Henry Hill talked about it all the time. Scorsese left out a crime that became a national sports controversy, the Boston College point shaving scandal. This is where Jimmy Burke, De Niro, in the movie, and Henry Hill recruit Boston College players Rick Kuhn, Jim Sweeney, and Ernie Cobb to manipulate scores to cover point spreads. Win, but don't cover. That, I'm surprised, did not make that cut. Again, seeing this so many times, mm. you know what they never talked about is the BC's uh, scandal. I don't Remember, think it's quite as sexy as murder. Well, yeah. And I have, a, I have a worse cut than that, but go all ahead. Right. Okay. Continue. I'll N- number two, well. number two. It's time for my favorite section of who was almost in this film. I'm going to give you two names that you're like, of course he should have been in it. And the other one you go, are you kidding me? This would have been dog shit. I'll give you hints. One, megastar in the 70s, 80s, eh, but mostly 70s and 80s, 80s, whatever. Too great. 90s a little bit. The second one is a megastar from the 80s. Well, some of the 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010, even now, megastar. Go. Two, one guess for each of you, or two guesses for each of you. One obvious, one not so obvious. Hmm. Pacino? Pacino is one. He said no to playing Jimmy Conway to take what film role, Kevin Israel? I bet you get this if you think hard enough. Think of the time this came out. 90. Uh, Cape Fear? Dick Tracy. He was big boy Capri. He was in Dick Tracy? You never saw Dick Tracy? I, I mean, I haven't. I just remembered yeah. the song that Madonna sang. Yeah, he was he was he was big boy Caprice. He was the main bad guy. I rewatched it again not long ago. 
It's not that great. So he was the obvious one for Jim Conway, right? Jimmy Conway. Yeah. I'm going to go uh, Mark Price, Skippy from Family <laughs> Who was just on Carol's podcast the other day. How funny you pulled that out, unless you heard that too. Do you feel, Do you want to take a guess on who the other guy was to play you Henry said he's, Hill? You said he was huge pretty much from the 80s till now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shining A-lister. Shining. Wow. Um, uh, and no uh, doubt about it. Orson Welles. I mean, his final voice, final role is the role of Unicron in Transformers, but no, it's the last he died in 1987. No, sir. Kevin Israel, want to throw out a guess? Jack Nicholson. Tom Cruise. I was going to say Tom Cruise. I, Karen, I was going to say Tom Cruise. Jack Nicholson has been in a movie since the fucking departed, buddy. Come on. Or thereabouts. Can you imagine Cruise? Yeah. Cruise as this man. Thank as who? God. As Henry Hill. Oh, that would have been we- that would have been a totally different movie. That right. would have been weird. I mean, yeah, Tom cause... Cruise from upstate New York versus Ray Liotta from Union, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah good move. No, good move. No. Yeah, he'd be trying to get everybody and you know, not only into the the you know, with the gangsters, he'd also be trying to get them into Scientology. That's <laughs> too weird. He would have been too likable. Like he would have been too like Ray Liotta was just a shithead enough. Right. Karen, you're not a theta four. <laughs> he would he could, he'd be good at jumping up and down on a couch when a high school <laughs> or running from the from the long arm of the law, those arms scissoring furiously at their sides. Yes. <laughs> Henry, you know it. You know it. Henry Hill was paid five hundred fifty thousand dollars for Goodfellas, not including any money he made as, as uh, you know being a famous part of this film. Back in his days of his wise guys, this that movie fee was chump change. He averaged between fifteen and forty thousand a week, and that's in the early seventies. Wow. Number four, one Goodfellas actor claimed The Simpsons ripped him off, and he sued them for two hundred and fifty million bucks. Uh, Frank Severo, the guy who played Frankie Carbone, filed a whopping $250 million lawsuit against the Simpsons for appropriating his looks and mannerisms when creating a little-known Springfield mob associate named Louie. The Simpsons writer lifted his likeness while living next door to him in Sherman Oaks in 1989. The year before Goodfellas release, Louie's debut on the show in 1991, Bart the Murderer and has appeared in 50 episodes uh, in total of the Simpsons, that is true. He looks very, very similar. Yeah. 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 Uh, number, this is actually, I gave you a couple bonus ones. The next one, this film received the worst score in test audience history for Warner Brothers with audiences leaving in droves, disgusted by violence, drugs, and language. Score says he said the numbers were so low that it was funny. Number that's, that, that, that's interesting. That ties in with a theory that I have. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is Don just like, all right, I got this, I think. I like it. <laughs> After the film's premiere, the real Henry Hill was so proud he went around revealing his true identity and boasting the film was about him. The FBI had to remove him from the witness protection program. <laughs> Bonus fun fact. Do you know who killed Tommy? In real life, the character, Petchy's character, Tommy, who killed that? was that Mark Tommy? Price. <laughs> I thought it was Mark Summers from Double Dare. <laughs> yes. 
physical challenge. You have to kill a mob boss. No, it was Suzanne Summers. <laughs> we could do, do this all day, and I'm here for that. <laughs> Any guess, guys? I guarantee you, if you think long and hard, you can get this answer. Who killed Tommy uh, in real life? The fuck was his name? Oh, um, I. You're gonna say, and I'm gonna get so pissed off. I just can't remember the family's name. Oh man, yeah. Why well, can't I'm probably thinking the same guy as you are. Would that the name Teflon be Don? The Teflon Don. John Gotti yep. is correct. Gotti, Gotti. Go. That's who I was thinking of. Yep. <laughs> By the way, the Gotti film with Travolta, terrible. The the Gotti film with Armando Sante that was on HBO, fantastic. Find it, really? Watch it. Yeah, it's great. Well, that's a lot of fun facts. So was, we're gonna get the audience. Fun. The audience is in on the mix. In Ask a Gutter at Brandon Oglesby, the Newark Knight, first the Godfather, and now Goodfell- Goodfellas. Marone, what is going on here? Is the one shot of Henry Hill taking his date through the kitchen in the restaurant still iconic, or can you or the host name better ones? Don, you first. A Boogie Nights, come on, give me a break. I mean, <laughs> he takes her to a table and they have a martini. In Boogie Nights, someone gets pussy at the end of the shot. Yeah. All right. I'll, I I don't remember that, but I'll buy that. It's a great film. Israel, you got one? Wait, was it a, a rest- an iconic restaurant scene? What was the uh, question? Is there any more the, iconic than the one shot of him taking his date through the kitchen into the restaurant, or can you guys name a better one? Um, in the Copa. In the Copa. When, yeah, when he takes- in the Copa. When he takes Karen through the Copa. But the Boogie Nights shot is long, longer and better. I think, uh, I think, I think, uh, I think it'd be a better shot to see when Jim Florentine guides Don through the kitchen at Chili's and then getting the best table in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're performing there that night, obviously. <laughs> uh, I can't think of one. Kevin Israel, you have a better one than that or that's yeah, uh, not that nothing that specifically pops to mind. No. You guys don't remember the Boogie Nights one where William H. Yeah. yeah. catches his wife banging another guy and he goes out to the car, gets the gets gun, the and, gun yep. and shoots him. That's great. Yeah, or she's like the, fir- like the first person shooter angle. Yeah. Or she, or isn't what she, yeah, she's, blo- come on, finish up, stud. I remember that line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've heard that more than once. Meow. Uh, <laughs> the second half of his question Does Lorraine Bracco play a better mob wife or therapist? Oh, Not the same. same. Israel, yeah, I th- I think she uh, I think she played a better mob wife. Really? I guess it's. Yeah. I mean, I think she. I, I'm with Don. I think she was equally uh, solid in both. By the way, she's dating dating and married Harvey Keitel for a long time. Can you imagine those two having sex after watching Bad Lieutenant? I can't. At <laughs> at. <laughs> If you saw, I remember that thing film for two reasons. One, Harvey Keitel, it's always cold for him apparently, and Mad Dog Russo doing a lot of voiceover work in the uh, in that film. Number two, at Xiphos, could Don show me on the doll where the bad man touched him? That's <laughs> uh, I the, the the bad man touched me in all the right places, uh, and this is why I became a comedian. I was going to say he ended up a right. stand-up comedian, so it was a lot of touching, yeah. a lot of touching. At Lord Snurts, who has our who has our scores locked and loaded, gutter question: What's your mob name? Mob name? Excuse me, Don the besides Jameson, Don the Jameson, Donnie the hair, Donnie <laughs> the hair. Come on, fifty-seven Donnie, years old. Look at the hair, Donnie Locks. 
Donnie, Donnie Locks. Lo- oh, the Jew mob. That's hilarious. Donnie right. Locks. Donnie, Vi- Donnie Vinyl. Donnie Vinyl. I don't know if I have. I mean, not a really a German mob unless you count that little gathering in 1941. You know, that's uh, we don't, the Germans aren't known for mobs. So I will. Uh, how about the cha- How about the Chancellor? No. The Chancellor. <laughs> Don Chancellor. No. Kaiser. Kaiser fits. I don't know how. At Rex Crumb, I know Don will be hilarious. Oh, do you, Rex Crumb? Are you sure? Even though I can't fathom how anyone could hate Goodfellas. That being said, if you pulled off the Lufthansa heist, how long could you sit on your cut before buying yourself a Cadillac, land yacht, or fur coat? Land. You need, God damn it, Rex Crumb. Punctuation. Cadillac, land, yacht, or a fur coat for your mistress. So, Don, the question, the question is, Don, how long would you wait to buy a 1989 Plymouth Reliant K car and splurge? Who, who says I don't already have one? <laughs> a second one, you rich a, son of a bitch. A different color for every day of the week. Um, <laughs> this is a good question because I'm gonna we're going to talk about the Lufthansa high. So get ready. For it. All right. I could Israel. see Don in a caddy. I could see Don in a caddy. That's a, That would be a good look, Don. I <laughs> have to be a convertible. Um <laughs> That, yeah, it so would, my hair could flow. It would, <laughs> you know what? I think it, it would be tough, but if Jimmy told me not to buy something, I don't think I'd fucking buy something. I mean, whatever you say, man. Right. <laughs> I, I think I pay attention good enough and I've seen enough mob movies to know, like, don't yeah. buy shit. This is how you get <laughs> yep. caught. But it's in, a, it's in her mother's name. Right. It's in her mother's name. Yeah. Italians. We can, we're going to have some fun with that one in a minute. Uh, uh, Joe loves Kim. Why would guys keep working with Jimmy knowing he kills everyone? It's a great question. Right. That's like wearing, not wearing a condom with the girl who just bangs everybody. Like, ah, it'll be all right. Not me. <laughs> I've got immunity. I've got, <laughs> I've got the dick of Colossus and the, <laughs> and the healing I powers won't get of Wolverine. <laughs> Next thing you know, Don's getting him lasered off for a gr- <laughs> from a Groupon at a mall in Piscataway. Yeah, that I drove my Reliant K to. <laughs> this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> All right. That's going to close Ask a Gutter. And boys and girls, no one listens to the end of podcast because why? Don Jameson, what are you up to besides four? Never mind. That's just it's not going to pan out. I'm just going to cut it off right now. Don, what are you up to, pal? I just recorded a, a comedy special at uh, McSorley's Ale House in New York City. So oh, sweet. Uh, that'll uh, that'll come out sometime probably early next year. And uh, other than that, I'm on the road. So follow me on my socials, Don Jameson Official, Real Don Jameson, wherever you find me, that's where I'll be. You couldn't get the Grizzly Pear book for that night instead? I'm just... <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. That place is not easy to get into. No. Don't shoot so high. No, no. You have to bark for at least six months first, but then yeah. you can get your, your stuff there. Kevin Israel, what are you up to besides wiping green diarrhea, your daughter, your new daughter's behind? <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm back on stage at the end of this month. My calendar is on my website, kevinisrael.com. Uh, I got some dates in October and November, and uh, some are in December trickling in, so... Check it out. Come check me out. I've got a lot of uh, really, really hacky dad material that you're going to love. 
Gutting the sacred cow.com. Grab a shirt, hat, bag, whatever. More importantly, leave that five star rating, two or three sentence review on your podcast, podcast, excuse me, platform of choice. And gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us. Got a fantasy football jibber jabbers off to a roaring start. I was 19 and three last week. Don't worry, folks. It's never going to happen again. Making an absolute shitload of money. Follow the picks. 64% against the spread. That, my friends, is how you have a second income and slowly and surely, hopefully, digging out of corporate America and having fun doing that. Fantasy football jibber jabber on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. Don Jameson, I am too messing to try and hear this argument. Kevin, I want to see if who what lasts longer, Don's argument or Aaron Rodgers' Achilles. I think <laughs> it's wow. going to be a toss up for sure. I was going to say that. It's going to be a coin flip, kids, because the, <laughs> the torches are lit, the pitchforks are sharpened. And the lube is left home because it's a dry anal raping on this one. Kevin Israel, let's have Don Jameson got the sacred cow. All right. I'm going to start by saying congratulations to Kevin Israel on the new addition to his family. Thank you. Thank you. But I got to call him out. For coming onto the show this week, I don't see the guy for years. All of a sudden, <laughs> he wants to ride Don Jameson's coattails to, <laughs> to, 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 to the Holy Land, okay? Because <laughs> he knows that this is going to be the highest rated episode <laughs> ever in its history. No one's dared to do what I've done. No. All right. All right? This will be the greatest gutting ever. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Get President. big ratings. <laughs> ratings you can't even believe. Um, all right, I don't do impressions, obviously. But the point is, he's glomming off my fame. Yes, and, um, 100%. And, <laughs> and I don't blame him because nope. I'm excited. Because, number one, um, I want to start by saying I don't um, I don't dislike mobster movies. In fact, I, I usually love them. So this is not a matter of I don't like the genre. So, you know, I love Godfather, I love Scarface, I love Casino, I love Donnie Brasco, all those I love. Don't have much of a problem with any of those as much as I do with this two hours and 26 minutes, which is already way too long for this movie to be. Hold on, hold on. You said you like Casino. That film is three hours, so... Casino's a much better film um, and with a much more cohesive storyline. Um, but let's get into it. How come out of we've all seen this movie multiple times, right? You can't escape it. It's like the Shaw, it's next to the Shawshank Redemption <laughs> as the most showed thing on TV and anywhere else in the world. And when you get when you see it, you, you end up getting trapped watching it. How come after all these watchings, after all these people who say they love the movie so much, it's the greatest movie ever. Love it, love it, love it. Everybody's seen it. They can only ever remember one scene in the whole movie. And that's the Pesci scene. Am I a clown to you? That is the only scene anybody ever talks about. That's the only scene anybody could ever remember. They can remember every line of it, 
but they can't. That's the one scene. You, nobody ever. I disagree. I disagree. I, I would say the, the most ubiquitous scene has to be without fail the Billy Bat scene with the shine box. That is the most iconic scene in this film. That's not, a good, that, not, not the not clown scene. Icon- no, nobody ever references that. Oh, when, I disagree. No, it's a great scene. I'm not saying it's not a great scene. It is, but it's sort of like that's the thing everybody knows. It's like, you know, the viral videos of the late night shows where, you know, you see the two minute carpool karaoke video and everyone, oh, that man, the show must be so funny. And then they watch the whole show and they go, oh, no, that was the actual part that was good. So just because you have one great scene in the movie does not make the whole movie great. And on top of that, this scene has tortured all of us, three stand-up comics here, and you know what I'm talking about, that moment where you say to somebody accidentally, hey, that you're really funny. <laughs> and you see that look in their eye. And you pray. And you pray and you pray in the, that two-second delay that they are not going to go into that scene. <laughs> and and they and they always disappoint. They people cannot resist. They have to go into the Pesci thing, and it's never funny, and it's always torturous and hacky, and they never get it right, and they never get it close. <laughs> and that's been the bane of our existence for years. Don't ever tell somebody I think you're funny because they're going to launch into that scene, and it's a nightmare. It's like when I used to live in a build. I used to live in a building in New York, and I lived in an apartment. 2B. Oh. What did everybody uh, say yeah. when I said I lived in an apartment 2B? Don Jameson is a whore. Jameson, <laughs> 2B, whore. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, look, you got, you're right. You but got they the were shine, right. You got the shine box scene. You got the am I a clown to you scene. Um, but, but that's like saying like, you know, like a, a, a crappy album that has one or two good songs on it is a great album. Is Pablo Honey by Radiohead a great album? No. Fair question. Radiohead stinks. Nice try. One song, Creep. All right? Metallica, (laughs) St. Anger. One song, Some Kind of Monster. So one great scene does not make a great movie. All right. Let's move on. Um, Let's talk about the incredibly obtrusive and nonstop torturous voiceover that throughout the entire film, there's not a moment where there's not voiceover. It's there's it usually when there's that much voiceover in a film, it means one thing, and that is there is a lack of direction. And my feeling is, and you said it in one of the the reviews, was they got the lowest ratings in the test screenings, and there's a reason. When Scorsese put this together, it was terrible. And he knew that and he saw him and he goes, I got to salvage this somehow. And he wrote a whole script of VO to save the film, to try to piece it together because what he, what he filmed did not work as a movie. I mean, I don't mind some VO in a movie, but it's like talking dirty to someone. Okay. You know, (laughs) a little bit accentuates the mood. All right. Over talking instant cock blocker. And that's what I think of the voiceover in this movie. It cock blocks all the action. And a lot of times it doesn't even match the, the, the VO doesn't match up with the action. All right. Let's talk about the characters. Hmm. Paulie is no Don Corleone. He is the melatonin godfather. 
He doesn't come off as a mob boss as much as he comes off as the neighbor who like, you know, knocks on your door when the music's a little too loud. And hey, could you keep it down a little bit? <laughs> he is to Don Corleone what Imus was to Howard Stern in their prime. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's, That's a good. nuke. That's a nuke right there. <laughs> Don, Don Imus with, with his with his shepherd haircut catching strays while dead for 10 years. So that's cool. <laughs> well, that's true. But yeah. but and speaking of, of Howard Stern, Henry Hill on that on that show drunk has more memorable moments than this movie does. I can quote way more funny lines from Henry Hill drunk on the Stern show than I can in this, because once again, one scene. All right. Um uh, why did Henry and Karen move into her mother's house when they got married? He was making fifteen to forty thousand dollars a week. You don't move in with somebody's parents. That was stupid and ridiculous. Much like the scene with the mother, it was that was so way, more over the top than Dylan Mulvaney's impersonation of a woman. <laughs> What if I told you my what if I, what if I told you my one of my fantasy football teams names was uh, Dylan Dylan Mulvaney's uh, panties hamster with a, with a, a, a with a dude's dick hanging out? You're 19 and three. I'm not going to argue with you. In that league, I'm four and zero. Oh. I might have become four and one. I think we're going to lose this week. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. That's, well, that's no, why, why did Karen have so much VO? She her she had VO in half the film. She should have been, you know. It, more of an incidental character because because face it the mob wives in movies are just there so that they could show uh the mobster with their guman and um basically it, she she was to me an incidental character she had tons of voiceover i didn't get that maury the wig guy the yes. best part of the movie is the commercial because that really, <laughs> it is, right? Because it shows you like back then, like we had, for people who remember, we had Crazy Eddie here, you know, yeah, in the New York, mm-hmm. New Jersey metropolitan area. And everyone tried to be Crazy Eddie. And that's what Maury the Wig guy was. After that, he's useless. You don't, you don't care about him. You don't know what his role is in the mob. And by the time you get to the end of the film and he gets whacked, you couldn't care less because you're not invested in his character at all. At best, he was annoying, complaining two thirds of the movie about not getting paid for something. And they just kind of push him aside like the insignificant guy that he was. So that character, to me, it, it, had, it held no weight. Um, you know, so the, the, the extent of his character development was that commercial to me. Um, same, And then Tommy, when Tommy gets whacked at the end. You don't care because he was such an asshole. You're like, yeah, good. He got whacked. He got what he deserved. What they should have done because he was so unlikable was to show him getting whacked, show them torturing this son of a bitch, whack the guy out and show the violence of it because then you'd really get invested in it because Tommy would, would, you know, he would. You might like him as far as he's part of the movie, but he's not a likable character. He's completely hateable. So when he gets whacked, it's they don't. There's no explanation. It's just like, all right, he got whacked. Next scene, more voiceover. All right. <laughs> um, and then let's talk about the Lufthansa heist. You're talking about some college college sports, which is not even real sports, by the way. College <laughs> sports shaving a point here or there. Who cares? The Lufthansa heist 
was the biggest cash robbery to that point in history. And they, they glossed over it uh, like, you know, like Tommy was going to take a dump for five minutes. <laughs> it's like, we're going to rob this plane. And then the next scene, they're like in a bar having a drink. What happened? Show the robbery. Show the, all the planning that went into the robbery. Show how they connected with the people at the airport. That None of that stuff. It's just like, okay, Lufthansa height, more voiceover. Now we're in a bar. <laughs> Completely glossed over, and so you don't care. Also, where did all the money go? Nobody, nobody said where the money went. All the mobsters are just as poor after the Lufthansa heist than they were before. Um, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and so for for me, like if, if they would have built that out, that could have been, you know, a a much better ending because then after that with the Coke and everything, it was, again, it got really anticlimactic with all that stuff. It just didn't, it just didn't really follow because now Henry gets busted by the feds apparently, but then how come he's out walking on the street like two minutes later? Because he talked. Well, shouldn't he be and held he, in federal prison? Yeah, he talked. He went to state's evidence, and that's how he got to uh, got out. Yeah, but did they let you just go walk back down the street and 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 then you know become a cokehead after that? And, and speaking of which, the the scene in the bathroom where Karen flushes all the coke, and he go and he and that over dramatic. Why? <laughs> she just saved him probably like thirty years behind behind bars by doing that. Like she should be kissing her ass at that point you know <laughs> thank you for all the vo i didn't have to do and for flushing the coke <laughs> i like how she, he's like looking behind the tv and then he's like they would have never found it here yeah behind the tv yeah. like the F, the the fbi would have been like ah it's definitely not in there don't yeah. even bother opening he, that <laughs> he he didn't go to a he, he didn't go to a desk take a statue's head Lift it and twist a knob, and then a false wall fell down to have a whole separate two fire poles that go down, and that can be the Coke safe house. Oh, no, Ray, you're right. You guys are right. They would have found that shit. All they have to do is bring the goddamn dogs in there, and it would have been game over, man. Game over. Yeah, that that, that was silly. But also, again, he's coked out of his tits. I don't think logic, I don't think logic is playing a major role in this, in his processes. Yeah, the dog wouldn't have sniffed the key under the mat either. <laughs> um, so, all right, and, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll come into the the grand finale here. But Scorsese, by his own admission, did not want to direct this film. Pesci, by his own admission, did not want to star in this film. Can we agree that The Godfather is the gold standard for mob movies? Can we generally agree on that? So, being that you've if you listen to this podcast, you will know that despite Jackie Cation's attempt. I already said The Godfather is a perfect 10. So by de facto, I will agree that The Godfather is the de facto and perfect film in the mob genre. All right, Kevin. Nope. Yes. <laughs> what would you get? All right, on scale. We'll get, we'll, we'll get to his number in a minute and we'll get to my yeah. number in a minute too. All right. So, 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 but so my point is, and what you agree with, let's say it's a perfect 10, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if that's a 10, so that means the Godfather is a Picasso, right? Sure. That makes good and is Goodfellas the Godfather? No, it's not. So if God, if if uh, Godfather is a ten, it is a Picasso. Goodfellas is a Hunter Biden. Let's be honest. <laughs> 
<laughs> you mean you mean it's denying its laptop's presence and how it has ties with China and Russia? <laughs> if Godfather and Scarface are Rachel and Monica in their prime, Goodfellas is Phoebe. Hold on, you had Scarface. to go. You yeah, had to don't. go fuck up. You had to go fuck up a good argument by bringing Scarface into a discussion amongst gentlemen. Scarface is fucking trashed on. It stinks. Only people who are holding up to that are the guys who are rappers who had the posters <laughs> hanging <laughs> in their empty cribs. Right. <laughs> All right. Feel, if- even Oliver Stone admits that it stinks in this day and age, and he wrote it in a coke-fueled haze. Never liked it. Um, and you want to talk about a film that's only known for one fucking scene? Exhibit A right there. Say hello to my little friend. That's yeah, it. I don't disagree, but I do. I still love Scarface. Um, but you're good, right. Oh. Goodfellas, <laughs> goodfellas is Ross. Goodfellas is Godfather two and a half. Not as good as two, not as bad as three. And finally, and most importantly, it's Goodfellas, F-E-L-L-O-W-S. If you can't take the time to spell check the title of your own movie, get off my TV. (laughs) Now, well, that was the nail in the coffin. There you go. (laughs) With a haircut like that demanding spell check, this, my friends, is the definition of irony. So not James. a bad movie, not right. a great. What's the number? I I, I have bated breath here. What's the number? It's a solid five and a half. Fucking Christ, Lord Snurt's prediction: six for Don. So not far off. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Kevin Israel, oh, I'll, I'll quote Flounder from Animal House. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> all right. So first of all, when Goatee told me that you were doing this movie, I got excited. Because um, a lot of times he'll, you know, he'll be, he'll come to me with the movies and I'm not interested in watching them. And I was, and uh, Goodfellas is one of those movies. I was like, oh, I actually want to watch this. And my wife uh, had never seen the whole movie. What? So, yeah, I know, which is bananas. So uh, I sat down to watch it, and I was immediately like, what is Don going to say? Because a lot of times we can go into these, and you can kind of predict what the argument is going to be. And I wrote down what Don was going to say, like halfway through the movie. And this is what I said. Don is going to argue disjointed storytelling. And I think I hit the nail on that. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> forgot voice you for, and you forgot voiceover, ad nauseum voiceover. <laughs> but I feel like the voiceover is what was trying to help the disjointed storytelling. Yes. And it, Fair and point. it, yeah. So, um, let's start out with why I, uh, why I like this movie. First of all, as I've beaten this horse to death over time, here it comes. Characters, characters. Yeah. I love great characters. This movie, for me, the some of the best characters you're going to see in a movie, some of the most identifiable characters. And to me, listen, I'm not a Godfather fan. I, I just I could never get into it. I've watched it a number of times. It's slow. It's kind of boring. It's it's just yeah, I'm sorry. I just and I, I just never got into the Godfather thing. To me, this 
is the gold standard as far as mob movies go because it makes being a mobster look exciting and 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 you get why somebody would want to do it but then you also see the horror that it leads to and like why it's such a, a stupid risky way to go with your life like it really shows the both dynamics of this lifestyle why people get drawn into it and then why it just destroys friendships families lives i think it does a really good job I love, I love, also love coming of age stories. And I love the beginning of this movie with these, when they show the kids and how he gets into it and how, uh, Tommy and, and Henry meet and, and Jimmy come. Like, I think I love that. I love seeing that. I love understanding how characters develop. What drives me crazy is when Jimmy walks in and they go, he was like 29 at the time. And it's like, he's, he's 45 at least. He's, and then when they flash to, and then when, when, uh, when it's finally Ray Liotta as, as Henry, he's 21. When he first introduced Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta, I don't think looked 21 when he was 16. Ray Liotta was, was born and looked 35. Like Ray Liotta was an was a middle aged man from from fucking it's a boy. <laughs> when Ray Liotta was in the womb, he fell asleep in his mother's uterus, face down in a bed of nails inside her in, inside her uterus. She was smoking. smoking. She was smoking. I was just gonna say she was smoking cigarettes through her vagina. <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, get one for you." Um, but I do. I I really really do. I I love these characters, and I'm not gonna do the whole Godfather. Goodfellas constant comparison, but it's 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 just a great series of characters. It's also it's also especially powerful because it's true, which Godfather isn't. Um, the fact that this is all really really close to to accurate and and told through his his voice and through his experience really makes it. I think I think that just adds something something to the movie, and it's. You get to see so many of these little snippets in their life. And I kind of, and looking, looking at why the movie ended up sort of disjointed, I sort of get it because there was probably so many points that he wanted to tell. I mean, otherwise the movie would have been, you know, it could have been three movies, but he wanted to hit some major points that were really impactful in their lives that really determined how they were going. Look, Lufthansa heist that when he started getting into the drugs, which really turned his life over that when they were in prison, you know, all these moments. And then the women throughout the, throughout the, the story that how would they, how they impacted and affected his life and his relationship with his family and, and whatnot. It's just, it, it's, it's a, it's a great example of how storytelling can be bolstered by great characters. Mm. All of that said on rewatch, which I've seen this movie dozens of times, I realized something. I only ever watched the first three quarters of this movie. Because as soon as Tommy dies, the movie ends. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit what happens after Tommy dies. I don't care that he goes state's evidence. I don't care that what happens to to Paulie and to Jimmy. I genuinely don't. Tommy is that Tommy is the is is the is the the point of this movie is that these this terrible person exists and everybody just caters to him because they're so terrified of him but even when somebody's that bad in this fucked up system of of a criminal family he's going to get his and he does and that's kind of the point of the movie to me and then everything else is like i don't give i don't give a fucking shit about that like the movie sh- the movie should have ended with him seeing the that he was getting killed him going oh no and then maybe the scene where he starts crying cuz they they killed him 
everything else after this, the movie kind of falls apart and, and it, it almost, it almost slows down, even though it gets into this frenetic Henry Hill on Coke for 25 minutes. Like the, the rest of the movie is just a cocaine fueled Hen- Hank Hill just going at it. And it's, it, to me, it's, I just, I just never really cared. You never hear anybody really talking about the last quarter of the movie. None of the scenes people quote is from the last quarter. None of, you know, none of the great moments come from the last quarter. The best scene in the, in the last quarter of the movie, and that's a scene we probably could discuss just on our podcast itself is, was Jimmy going to kill Karen? Was that scene, was he going to kill Karen? And I, I actually looked it up and apparently nobody knows. It was supposed to be ambiguous. It's supposed to be, Yes, of course he's going to kill her because that's what Jimmy does. Or Karen and Henry had become so paranoid that they thought everybody was going to kill them. That that is the only scene of any value in the in the last quarter of the movie for me. The film is the storytelling is very disjointed because you get so many of these moments without any explanation of what happened to what in the last moment. Like he's got the he's got Janice the girlfriend. And everybody's freaking out. And then suddenly she's just gone. We don't know what happened to her. She just, she just, they never address that. And that's it. There's been nothing we do about it. She's gone. Yeah. <laughs> she's gone. <laughs> it's, it's done. Um, and then, and then Karen, who starts off as this, as this very like good kind of goody two shoes Jewish girl. By the end, she's helping him. She becomes like an accessory. Like she's help, but you never see she's that. Doing evolution. Coke too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. But you never see any of that. You never see like how she got there. Just suddenly once she's yelling at him in prison about throwing, you know, sausage at him. And then suddenly she's helping him high cocaine and, and like, and planning the whole thing. You never see the evolution into where did she, when did she make that sudden turn that she goes, I guess this is my life too. Like that seemed, seemed significant to me. The, the families, like her mother thinks Henry's Jewish. And then they get like, they didn't know that he wasn't Jewish, like even at the wedding, like it's just, and then suddenly if once that scene at the house, which I think is great when the mother yells at him and he just turns around and walks away. Yeah. I love that scene. But, and then the mother's like, you know, he wasn't Jew. Like you knew he wasn't Jewish the minute you saw, like nobody thought he was Jewish. Like that was, it just, it just felt like almost like lazy, like, ah, just go with it. And then his family, his dad, this strong Irish father who was beating him just I guess let's go of it. Like he just gives up on his son. Like, and then you see him at the wedding. And I think that's the only time you see him again. And the brother is in a wheelchair. Why? Why? We don't know anything about it. We don't hear anything about it again until he's stirring sauce like that <laughs> at the end of the movie. Like there's all this stuff that's given to us, but we, we never get more about it. And it's, and it's because of this disjointed storytelling. And I think it's interesting. I didn't know that, Don, about uh, Scorsese having to decide, having to put the voiceover in afterwards. And it makes complete sense because if you watch this movie without that voiceover, you would it would be like watching ten SNL skits in a row, and then somebody saying these are all related. Like it, it would, <laughs> like it it would have it would have been very it would have been tough to watch. Um, I like I like the voiceover. I thought it gives almost an intimate feeling in the movie, like he is actually is talking to you, especially since it is a true story from his perspective. I think her perspective always felt unnecessary. Like I didn't give a shit what she was going through, what she was thinking about. That's not what the movie was about. It wasn't about her, and it never felt like it was about her. Um, but the the storytelling definitely drags this movie down. But I'll still watch all of those scenes, them shooting spider, uh, 
the, the the beginning of the movie is fucking flawless. Him meeting Karen and Karen driving up and screaming at him in front of his boys and him getting all flustered and realizing that he was turned on because she's so pissed at him. Like all like so many, so many great scenes in the in the first uh three quarters of the movie. But it does it does suffer from the disjointed storytelling and and I and it's funny because because I was so hyper aware of trying to figure out what Don's argument was gonna be, I was looking for the flaw in this movie and I'd never thought about it until I watched it last night. And I'm so happy that was the point you made. Because if you came in and were like, their accents were terrible. Fuck this movie. Like it would have been, <laughs> been disappointing. But you're Don, you're 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 one hundred percent right that the movie does suffer from the storytelling. But I still enjoy this movie much more than The Godfather. And I still think it's infinitely more rewatchable than The Godfather. And especially just because the scenes you can watch, you know, you can watch 15 minutes of this movie and be like, that was fun. And then, you know, move on to something else. But I don't know how many times people watch this movie from soup to nuts. Like, I don't think a lot of people sit down and watch the whole thing. I bet people watch. 30, 40 minutes of it and go, I've seen this movie a million times. Now you've seen 40 minutes of it a million times. You've probably seen the whole movie all the way through three times. Um, and I think, I think that's indicative of a, a, a good movie to a, to a great movie. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that, that this movie in my mind now qualifies as a great movie anymore because of that storytelling issue. But the characters are so good and the, and the scenes in it are so good that they might overcome some of that shortcoming. But the fact that I, I, I wouldn't watch the whole movie all the way through, uh, I think hits it. So I was prepared to give this movie when I set into watching it, because I've seen it so many times, I was prepared to give it an eight and a half. But after listening to Don's great argument and agreeing with them, uh, I give it a seven and a half. Ooh. <laughs> Lord Snurt says, Lord Snurt says nine and a half for you, Kevin is Lord Snurt doesn't fucking know me. Give up, man. You don't <laughs> know me. <laughs> he knows me better. <laughs> He's got me dead nuts on a lot of these scores. <laughs> fucking guy. I'm an no enigma. T, don't try to be a white knight here. Tell the truth. Come on. Listen. Well, these notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com. Find yourself a pretty sweet-ass hat, mug, shoe, shoe, what am I saying, shirt, thong, why not? I'm sure it's there. Guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com to say hi or advertise with us and leave us that five-star rating that we so deserve. I mean, Christ almighty, if this isn't more entertaining than any fucking episode of that metal show, I'll see you in court. Got thought on that. How dare you? Notes. <laughs> as a Why does De Niro look like every Boston comic when they first start out? Behind. <laughs> right oh, that's so true. Yeah, right here is Nick <laughs> DiPaolo. Right there is Nick DiPaolo. And right over there right. is, Len- is Lenny Clark. Lenny Clark. <laughs> Lenny Clark. <laughs> and there's Don. Uh, what's up? There's Don. Um, Don Gavin. There's another one for yep. you. Notes. I wish millennial kids still got the belt like Henry Hill did when, when he misbehaved. Although Don Jameson still gets the belt to hang himself so he can jerk himself off the completion these days. <laughs> Don Hutchins. <laughs> nice. I spied Paulie Walnuts in the first five minutes of the scene. Did you guys catch him? He's at the cab stand hanging out. Did you notice? Without his track suit and a toothpick. Did you notice that too? I also, I forgot the Weasley laugh and the, uh, was right is right, T. 
as he said in the show <laughs> ad nauseum. I wonder if various other gangs have a first communion-like party for the first time they've been arrested. You hear me, MS-15 or 13, whatever it is? <laughs> do you guys have a blessing, or how about you, Latin Kings or whatever? Do you guys do that as well? Jameson, have you ever been arrested besides soliciting dudes in the Rambles? The, you mean the Brambles? No. No, oh, whatever. See, you just, you just failed the test. Phil <laughs> uh, Schultz no, told me about it. I, oh, nice attempt. Israel, you've never been arrested, right? Yeah, I was once. Nice. Let me guess. Singing too loudly on the subway? Yeah, no, I was exposing <laughs> myself on the subway, actually. No. What was it for? Uh, a mischief night in high school. You got caught. You weren't fast yeah. enough for you. Yeah, no. I oh. ran right into the cop. You idiot. <laughs> Everyone's running different directions. Go. I have had maybe four dates where a friend dragged me out with them. Come on, man. I'll pay for your drinks. Just hang out uh, to fly wing like Tommy dragged out Henry. One of them turned out to be twins. That one I dated one for a year. Another one turned out to be a smoke show ginger that uh, I had uh, relationships with in her, in her parents' basement the first time and never called her like a mature person does. Most of these women, though, I show up and go, oh, and I go to the bathroom and I never come back. <laughs> you know, mature shit. Oh, she's cute. Come on, man. Hang on. I'll pay your bar tab. Not tonight, man. I'll go home and play PlayStation 2 all night long before I pretend to show any interest in this cretin. Thank you. But no, it's creepy. It took Ray Liotta three cracks with that pistol to bust open Karen's neighbor's nose. Was Ray mainlining Chantix, which made him woozy that he couldn't do it in one? Chantix. <laughs> Guys, I've never been pistol whipped because I've never tried to shoplift from a Walmart in 1995. But I have to imagine a gun butt across the nose and you gushes blood like Chris D'Elia's prom dates. Wow. Jesus. Wow. You say Jesus, I say it's factual. Okay. <laughs> I love Scorsese's mom in the cameos in all of his films. She is a goddamn delight. Why don't you find yourself a nice girl? I find myself a nice girl every night, mom. Let's come back to you. <laughs> that shit's <laughs> hilarious. That's a good scene. <laughs> and when she's in Casino, too. Oh, the language, huh? <laughs> By the way, Karen's mom, are you ready for this? This is the ultimate deep dive i've not even done i'm watching go i know that voice i paused it took about a minute and it came to me karen's mom is the wart face principal from uncle buck i'll wait i've never maybe, seen uncle buck no clue you son of a bitch maybe she go down maybe she tell karen's mom to go downtown and have a rat and all that thing off her face fuck you guys for not getting that <laughs> quality reference uncle buck is an american cinematic masterpiece you know, uh, Kevin Meany was supposed to be the role of Tommy. Oh, really? And? Yeah. Oh, this is for real. Oh. Yeah. Is that Uncle Buck? Kevin Meany? Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> mm. Continue. I shall. I always laugh my balls off when Henry comes home late and then Karen, the mom, start in on him. And then Pesci starts fucking around. You should be coming home this late, Henry. A husband has a responsibility. I love doing that to my friends when we come home late with their wives, start busting their balls. It's hilarious. You're right, Mike. You should come back this late. How could a father are you? 
The Billy Bat Shinebox scene is the most iconic scene of this film, Don Jameson. You're so wrong. That gets quoted way more. Am I funny? Am I a clown? Do I amuse you? Go home and get your fucking shine box. That'll motherfucking mud. That is way more quoted. No way more sighted. Not even close. Oh, 100%. Let's oh, go God. to the polls. Heard. Vote on Twitter at GTSC Podcast. What scene is more ubiquitous? Billy Bat. Put a poll up. Put a poll up right now. What's that? I'll put the poll up. Put right a now. poll up and then dance on it. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you at the uh, the Go Go Rama. Don't pretend like you don't know where it is, boys. We all. Do. Uh, I know. I can. I can <laughs> get. Be. I can be there in twelve minutes. Really? Bring I'm jealous. <laughs> Bring your own. I. I. I, I, have, I know it. I may have dated a few ladies who worked at the Coco Rama. <laughs> dated? You're so chivalrous and gentlemanly. Like I, I may have taken a, a Gogo Rama lady to Great Adventure, and it's an amazing story that I can't tell right now. <laughs> Let me guess: someone got popped during lightning loops. Or we went to the. We went to the. Train? We went to the water park, and let's just say the lazy river wasn't so lazy. <laughs> The, the, just prove my point. It's filled with coos juice and weaves. <laughs> Shit you not. I went through with my wife years ago to Hurricane Harbor and a weave washed up on her foot. And she says, uh, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Let's see. Oh, my favorite Italian street joke. What's the difference between an Italian grandmother and an elephant? 20 pounds, a black dress and a mustache. Hey. Come back for the Irish. I'll have plenty of Irish jokes, too. If someone does Miller's Crossing or Gangs in New York to prove that I shouldn't everyone equally. Thank you. What are your What are your favorite Italian street jokes, gentlemen? Let's hear them. Street jokes. Um, I, I, I can't think of any. I mean, I'm sure I have them, but I can't come up with any. Yeah, I got nothing. Oh. Sorry. How the hell did De Niro learn that there were condos going up where they buried Billy Bats? Is he reading the real estate trade papers and then deciding to stick his toe in investing when he decides to get out of the mob? Is that how that works? I had a problem with that. I count four different members of the Sopranos in this. Paulie Walnuts, Frank Vincent, of course, Chris Moltisanti, and Gay Vito in the background, if you saw him. Wow. The dinner scene in jail is unreal. I can see Don Jameson mewling in Hebrew national hot dogs, whipped cream, and several Bobsy twin books if Jim Florentine were to do some time in the joint. <laughs> I think it's by law we have to do the time together. Yeah. <laughs> An hour and 28 in, and we finally get our first Rolling Stone song in a Scorsese. He's about 60 minutes late for this one because that's all the man plays. Not complaining at all. Point. Not that's complaining at all. Thank you, Don. But it's he's very late for that train. He's uh, He jams about five of these things in there. Did you also notice the guy who ate rat poison and then was laughed at by Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels and Dumb and Dumber found his way into the bottom of a trash truck? Oh, no. Frenchie. <clears throat> No, you guys missed that one too. All right, Kevin. This insanely unique talent of all these dumb ass esoteric references and sightings continues to be non monetizing. Thank you. Every time, every time I walk in the public bathroom that had only has one toilet stall, toilet stall while getting cold shivers up my butthole, and then I see there's no toilet paper in said stall. I make the same face that Pesci did right before he got shot. 
Kevin is you'll write my notes. It starts to slow down a little bit when Pesci gets killed. See, you're 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 like you're the guy that knows the deep cuts on the Radiohead album. We don't, don't like know Radiohead. a lot of these scenes. I don't like Radiohead. You love You're, them. No. <laughs> you sly son of a bitch. Hey, just think. You talked about it for a second. Henry goes to the outpatient facility or whatever to get his handicapped brother out for a day of family fun, right? He doesn't bring him to a strip club. No. Doesn't bring him to a Yankees game. No. Hell, he doesn't even take him to a Don Jameson bar show, for Christ's sakes. No. <laughs> he brings him in the house to do what? To sit in that wheelchair and stir the goddamn sauce <laughs> all day long. You know what sounds fun? Anything else but that. I would rather sit in that rehab facility and watch my roommate drool all over himself while he watches old Facts of Life reruns. That's terrible. <laughs> hey, Lisa Welch is still looking good, man. Right, but she's a Jesus freak. That's a big old turnoff for me. There, come on. Me, yeah. Listen, I think Kevin Israel's more of a Tootie fan. Tootie. <laughs> no, that was the Tootie that he picked up at the go-go. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a Joe, if, you, if you're into that sort of thing. Never pay for it. Never. I understand they have to set up Henry Hill's eventual downfall, but this does drag a tinge. Let's say, let's say that. I've seen it in this film a million times. And one thing I just remember, they didn't get the Boston College point shaving thing in there. Not even mentioned in the credits. This was a major event in sports, for Christ's sakes. Uh, I never thought this would be ever attempted gutting this on, on this on this podcast. Godfather and this, two quintessential bulletproof films. This film checks all the main boxes. Quotable, rewatchable as fuck. Fantastic characters. This film is still arguably the first or second best mob film of all time. I'll argue this is Scorsese's best with no regards given to the Irishman. What a snooze fest. And no apologies made to Jeffrey Paul. But. (laughs) Thank you. I will completely agree with you, Kevin Israel. This film is off the meter for the remote test. The first three quarters of it. And by the way, the girl with the lucky hat, if I'm Karen, if she <laughs> and if I'm Karen and she's giving Ray Liotta all this shit about a hat, how come she doesn't tell her to go shit in that hat and get in the goddamn car and go to the airport? Are you kidding me? A lucky hat. And by the way, what a not an attractive actress playing that role. I don't know. No. Quite unsettling. She looked like when she was one of those. Never mind. I'll get yelled at for that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I give this, this film is still great, but I, I agree. The storytelling has a little bit of a lag, but these characters are memorable. This film is quotable in the first three quarters are just a joy. I still love it. Nine. Ooh. Wow. For still three quarters it. of a film? It's that good. It's that good. And again, I could still, that's how much it carries it. Again, to, Tommy. That ending, otherwise, if they hit him for the entire film, which I understand why, and boy, why they not talk about Gotti killing him? Was that just released much after the fact? I don't know. Nine. I saw, but like, listen, I had nine and a half, Don Jameson, but I dropped at half a point here. So I That's will. And that was my mission. I said, if I can get you guys down a half a point each, 
I'll, you know, I'll feel somewhat victorious here. Yeah. It's like being a pitcher for the Mets. You know, if, you know, if you could hold the other team to only nine <laughs> runs, that's sort of a more victory. Guys, we can make this a bullpen game after the second inning. <laughs> Critics, five-star reviews. While there have been a fair few films focusing on the mob since 1990, Few have achieved the same staying power, legacy, and adoration as Goodfellas. Oh, by the way, Lord Snurt said nine and a half. God damn, I cannot, <laughs> cannot leave his shot. He's good. You. Never mind. It give, Next one. It gives us splendiferous pieces, but it leaves us to fit them in a thematically coherent puzzle. The effort is pure pleasure. Splendiferous is how I would describe Don Jameson's scent of his belly button. I hate this person. I do too. Splendiferous. I've never seen a movie. They also say ginormous. (laughs) Sideburns. (laughs) I've never seen a movie with such swagger. When you watch it, you feel like you're getting away with something. Something tells you this person is on one of those like Reddit pages on the on the on the naughty boy slash R page. (laughs) I can't tell mommy I watched this. Someone who's got a full hard drive of twink porn. Anti-romantic. It nevertheless sweeps us into the lure of mob glamour, then slams us with the cost of its emission. Maybe in Poland, you pay admission after you see the movie, but in America, pal, we do things a little bit differently here, <laughs> like paying to see the movie in fr- up front. Critics, one-star reviews. Robert De Niro is reliably dynamic, and Joe Pesci's a portrait of a gangster with a sense of humor is hideously memorable. But there's no doubt that Goodfellas fights a losing battle against numbness. What does that mean? What does that mm, nothing, mean? Nothing, nothing. While Scorsese generates vivid images, he covered this ground in the superb Mean Streets in 1973. Here, there's nothing to learn, nobody to sympathize with wrong mean streets is fictional it's not even the same not even the same fucking sport colorful but dramatically unsatisfying although the same can be said about don jameson's lovemaking styles (laughs) quote bill schultz okay he's not denying it (laughs) (laughs) last one compared to double jointed i just want you to know in his penis. I was going to say, is that on the, on the profile? <laughs> if not, that needs to be your tagline. <laughs> Compared to less nitpicky gangster fare, got gangster fare, Goodfellas still falters. What does less nitpicky gangster fare mean? That's my like, mobster name. Less, <laughs> nit- <laughs> less nitpicky. Is that is that like an an, an anti OCD gangster here? That what? <laughs> Yeah. Christ. Donnie yeah. nitpicks. <laughs> that would be the Jewish mob, Kevin Israel. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good fellas. It's good fellers, okay? Huh? Yeah. Amazon five star reviews. I'm not the person who enjoys watching a movie I've already seen. I actually try to avoid watching something I've already seen because. Many things are best left in your memory. For instance, I remember seeing 
Flight of the Navigator as a kid and thinking it was the most amazing movie ever. I made a big mistake in thinking my children would enjoy it, and it was painful. I guess my standards back in the 80s were pretty low, and movies have gotten better over the years. Anyway, Goodfellas is so amazingly done that I would consider it a timeless masterpiece. The cast is excellent. The directing is excellent. There's nothing that is not amazing about this film. Well, except for one little mess that I noticed. Look it up yourself. And that is where Ray Liotta is at his apartment and he's visited by Paulie. Pay attention to Ray's neck. One moment, he has a religious necklace on. And when the camera pans back, he's wearing a different one entirely. One is a Christian cross. The other is a star of David. Someone messed up here. Signed, Mel Gibson. <laughs> By the way, nitpicky, right? By the way, I watch. I never saw as a kid. Watched maybe a year or two ago, Flight of the Navigator, and wowza, it's as bad as being stuck on a cruise ship with Wes Anderson fans. That film stunk. Is that where the kid becomes? It's a spaceship. Yes, and he suddenly he gets like tied to the spaceship or something, and he's like the only one who can fly it. Are you playing with your Voltron as you do this podcast, Kevin Israel? I am. I I saw that. Oh, I have a baseball I fiddle with. You have a Voltron. Don Jameson <laughs> fiddles with his pocket pussy, but we're all not, we're not judging. Is that what that buzzing is? It was hard not to see it happen. Maury's wigs on TV ads, bodies in Cadillacs at JFK, streets, clubs, Henry, Jimmy, Tommy, Pauly, real people up front. My girl comes home and I ask her about her hairdresser's appointment, and she says her hairdresser's torso just turned up in Jamaica Bay. I like the fact that it was based on a true story. Signed, Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> Did you fuck up that badly on a haircut? You end up in Jamaica Bay. I said, give me the number two on the sides, not a number five, you mutt. Classic. I just don't have any respect for De Niro anymore. Signed, Joe Pesci. <laughs> Very hurtful. Amazon one-star reviews. I know this is supposedly a classic good film, but I did not care for it. I did not care for the lame narration. Boring, predictable, and crap acting. Sorry. I know this is likely blasphemy since this film is such a classic, but that was my take. I wasted two and a half hours of my life that I will never get back. The only good part of this film is I now know all all those blasted memes are from the laughing gangster. (laughs) Anyone who uses the adjective blasted. It's they, completely, yeah. yeah, it's completely eliminated from any kind of opinion. <laughs> they had to have worked on a cartoon in the eighties where you couldn't say "fucking." Yeah. It was always those blasted Ninja Turtles, right? <laughs> and, and and as much as I I love that they gave a one star review, the acting was generally very good in the movie. Fucking Pesci won Best Supporting Actor. Christ right. Almighty. He was great. De Niro was great, and Ray Liotta's that's his best performance ever. But Paulie? Not so much. This next one was written by Amazon writer Cat Lover, to give you an idea where where this person's coming from. And in caps, very expensive for a very old movie. And there's the Kevin Israel special, kids. What is very expensive? I, I I own this film, so I didn't have to pay for it. I have to assume it's no more than four ninety nine. No That's more. That's exactly what it cost. Thank. Uh, very. Guess who, guys? Both showcases, motherfucker. Me. Four ninety. You don't own this film, Israel. I'm surprised. No. 
I don't own anything anymore. Wow. <laughs> well, listen, at least the divorce hearings will be quick and painless for you. <laughs> Next one. I'm calling this time for the someone missed the entire message of the film review. I'm amazed that this film is so highly regarded. It glamorizes the lifestyle of men in the mob, mass murderer sociopaths, and of course, broads, in quotes, as women are referred to in this film, exist only to be banged, in quotes, or to cook and raise children. I guess if you're a hyper-masculine man who gets off on violence and machismo, you'll like this movie. Otherwise, go read a book or watch a film that honestly depicts the horrors of organized crime. <laughs> that- that's bad. I can see someone's Italian dad chasing them with a belt as he wrote this review right now. I can't imagine too many people watch this movie and went, you know what? That's what I want to do. Right. That's <laughs> kind of what the idea is of the film, you dumb yeah, Why did they gloss over the violence? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, they made them take out 10 frames of a film when they shot Spider. They thought it was MPAA, thought it was too bloody, and they yanked out 10 frames, and they thought that was the tripping point for this. Wow. Tipping point, excuse me. Next one. Two. They're they're quick, but they're funny. It is not specific about audio features if it's Latin Spanish or Castilian Spanish Spanish. (laughs) Guys, guys, I hate to break it to you, but nowhere in this film do they say Ibiza instead of Ibiza. (laughs) Last one. Boring plot development the most redeeming quality about this movie is the shoes the shoes what foot fetish asshole wrote this quentin tarantino (laughs) (laughs) damn it come on come on we've done this together too long (laughs) too long i had i cut that off in the past you could have at least put a rex ryan reference in there i could have i already did two jets jokes already i didn't think i think you've taken enough of a beating as well as in as well as in life with the being a Jets fan. And of course, we're to wrap up by asking who's funnier, Chat GPT or KG. I asked Chat GPT to write only three jokes because let's be honest, Chat GPT ain't gonna be the reason. Oh, actually, the strike is over. So that's not the reason why they decided to come back to work as Chat GPT is out here pumping these jokes out. Number one, why did Tommy DeVito always carry a spare tire? Just in case he needed to make a getaway car on the spot. I think I heard that one at Don Jameson's taping at the uh, McSorley's Inn. The whistling doesn't work on on your mic. Oh, the cr- okay. <laughs> if I could put a cricket emoji up there, it would fill the whole screen. Next one. What's the favorite topping off of a Goodfellas fan? Oh, my God. whack a and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was that was the that was the best one I've heard yet. My asshole still puckered up. I'll I'll <laughs> I'll figure that out when it unpuckers. Next one. Oh, what do you call a mobster who's always late? Forget about it on time. The mod the slogan of Air Italia, right? <laughs> what horseshit! Oh, Chad GPT, that tell, <laughs> say you're funny, and see what it says back to you. Oh, <laughs> Kevin Israel, the Don Jameson got the sacred cow. I think he did. And I know we're going to we're going to lock horn. We might lock horns on this. But I think because, number one, 
he couched it in that he wasn't saying this is a terrible movie. He just thinks it's overrated. And I think he accomplished his goal through a very concise and well-formed argument in proving that it is overrated due to its disjointed storytelling. So I give him the W. I'll give him a, I'll give you a W too, Don. If I drop my score, any kind of points, that's always, a, that's an automatic, uh, uh, we'll call it gutting, but we're going to call it in this case, the, the overrating. So well done. Uh, yeah. Surprise, a little surprising, little surprising. The, the herd's going to lose their tits on this. Uh, a little we're going to get slaughtered. I'm not. Fuck you guys. I'm, I'm standing, I'm standing firmly in camp. This is still a solid movie. Guys and girls, God damn, that was a fun episode. I hope you thought so. I know you thought so. Who's shitting who? We'll see you all next time. Take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.